Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Loki Legends, where each week I have the honor and the privilege to talk with some of the most creative people in the industry, the legends, the titans of the industry, diving into the mindset and the methodologies that help them to create the best work that they possibly can. My guest this week is Louis Paquette, the creative director at Tux. He leads the digital team while staying a hands-on designer, creating brand narratives through interactive web experiences. When he's not working, Louis loves spending time in the outdoors with his canine crew, hiking, camping, and climbing. He has a passion for teaching web design in motion, doing so through his course and masterclass on awards. So without further ado, we'll dive into all of those specific topics. Welcome to the show, Louis Paquette. Hey, Britton. Thank you for having me. And it's Paquette. So if you oh. want to try to, you, we can work together on it. Yeah. It's Paquette, if you want to try to. Uh, all right, let's do it. it. Let's do it. <laughs> Paquette. Exactly. Okay. So you're doing See, good. As, as a American with no exposure to any French Canadian culture, I, I need this schooling. So I appreciate it. The, <laughs> The town that I grew up with was a lot of um, Azorian Portuguese immigrants. So I can I can tackle all of like the names from like that region of the world. But you give me any other place and then I'm just your typical American asshole messing up pronunciation left and right. <laughs> no, French is a hard language to, uh, to learn, but you do learn it in, in the States, right? I think you have the choice between French or Spanish. Is that it? So there, depending on the school, you can you can dive into quite a few languages. So in high school, I took Latin, which did not help me. And I, I took Latin too. Yeah. Useless dead language to learn. Yeah. I, I think it's I think it's cool, like the history aspect of it. Rome is cool, but ultimately it didn't help me on the SATs. Maybe that's because I'm just not book smart, but more of a a kind of go with the flow make it up as you're doing it kind of person. So like that didn't really help with uh, math, but ultimately <laughs> I ended up here and doing, I guess, fine. <laughs> you're doing good for yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I couldn't be more excited to have this chat because we know each other through uh, working on Brews and Grooves and just like talking over social media, but we haven't had too many face-to-face -face conversations. So just kind of Getting to know the the full Louis Paquette. Good job. Maybe maybe a 50-50 on that one. I'll take the C. Um, but I wanted to kick things off by kind of jumping in the time machine and thinking back to your past. Is there a, a moment that you realized that you wanted to be a creative or knew that being an artist and or designer was the path that you wanted to go down? Right. Um, well, I think like when I was younger, I just started drawings uh, and people told me that I was good at drawing. So obviously I wanted to put more effort into it. So I guess this is kind of how it started for me. Uh, I used to listen to some animes uh, and then just pause the image and try to draw it as 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 close to uh, to possible. Um, so I guess for me, it kind of started with that. Um, and yeah, it, it led me to, uh, to studying graphic design uh, in school uh, because I've always liked 
drawings, but I also loved computers. So obviously, like the, the answer was to try to mix both of them and find a career where I could uh, enjoy both. So I started actually doing uh, graphic design. I, I didn't start as a web designer, which is what I'm really doing now. I started as a graphic designer for the first few years of my career. Uh, I did do some web at some point during uh, during this period too, but just it was Flash back then. I don't know if you remember Flash. Oh yeah, so. oh yeah. Um, Good times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know how old you, how old are you, Britain? Mm. So I'm I'm 29, but okay. I feel like I'm I'm actually like a 65 year old man most days because <laughs> of all the stress of running an agency. But uh, but right. um. So, so you did you did live I a little did, bit with Flash. I did Flash, but I did it more from the the perspective of of animating short videos and and trying to put those out into the world on like Newgrounds and websites like that to try and like, I guess like blow up and become a YouTube creator. I guess, but uh, that didn't work out. The videos <laughs> were complete trash, and I don't even remember what they were about. Probably something stupid as like a fourteen year old kid or whatever. But it was fun. It was so easy to use Flash to animate. You you could start playing with your design and animate them. So that's why I really loved the, the tool. And I guess that's why I eventually decided to move on to really creating websites and web design because of this possibility to just animate your design, uh, make it interactive, all of that. And yeah, started with Flash, but then moved on to... Uh, well, Flash died, so yeah. move on. <laughs> Rest in peace. Um, for for the audience, uh, I have to touch back to anime. What anime were you watching as as a young boy on the couch on oh like a Sunday morning or Saturday? Right. This is kind of um, I'm, I'm shameful a little bit, but yeah, the the anime that I would listen to the most, I would listen to it with my my uh, older older sister. Uh, hi, Marianne, if you listen to this at any moment. But uh, yeah, I was uh, listening to Sailor Moon with her a lot. So I know all of the characters of Sailor Moon. And even to this day, I'm still a big uh, anime fan and just animated movies in general. Like I think my, uh, the, my most played uh, playlist uh, last year, my most played song on Spotify was actually uh, a song from the movie Moana. <laughs> which song because that's an incredible movie and uh, it's an incredible movie yeah. right but uh, uh which one uh i think it was the um uh um thank you uh you're welcome song. oh yeah right um but anyway just all that to say that yeah silver moon was uh, kind of the the one that we would pause on and both of the both of us would just start drawing the the image that was there and she was 4 years older than me she still is uh, so i would try to be as good as her which was not uh, super easy to do um, but it pushed me to try to yeah push myself and try to do best and I think that's something that's a nice trait that I learned at that point that I still try to do on every project, just try to push myself as much as mm. possible. Are are you just two? Just you and your sister? Yeah, we're just the two. Okay. I have an older brother. He's five years older. And I feel like us younger siblings just try so hard to catch up to the 
the age and like the skill set of our older siblings yeah. that a lot of younger sec let's say second born kids um have this kind of passion and this drive that maybe like aren't it's not super apparent at the beginning but then we look back and then it's like oh i was just always trying to like be as good as my my brother or my sister and it just gave me that extra little push that i'm kind of seeing today as a result yeah that's true i never really thought about it but i maybe that situation in my life the the way that i was raised and the, the fact that i had a older sister made me the man that i am today <laughs> possibly in some in some regard maybe yeah <laughs> but um i would say that your work is is highly like motion oriented and is it seems to have a central theme and everything's kind of connected to that theme and this is my outsider perspective trying to understand the way that you work louis and and that's my impression how would you say your creative process starts and how do you come up with like the beautiful motion concepts and where does that all begin i'll i'll, I'll pass it off to you yeah, well, uh, you yeah, you nailed it. I think that uh, motion for me is super important in every projects that I do. Maybe partly like like who I was mentioning because of the fact that I love animated movies and all of these. Uh, I, I'm just a big movie fan. Uh, Indiana Jones, Star Wars, all of these movies. So um, for me, uh, I think that motion is a big part of how you can actually you know tell a story. Uh, design can obviously be a big part of it, um, but uh, I think that motion can really help, you know, focus the attention of the user on a particular element or guide the user through the journey, really make and also make them feel something way mm -hmm. stronger. So that's why I always try to, f uh, to think of cool uh, animations on the website and not just once the design is finished, you know, when I... I used to just do my designs uh, for, for, for the websites. And once the design was done, then try to figure out how the elements would move. Mm. Um, but now I really, the, the, the motion, the way the, the element will move on the, the page are part of my you know, initial uh, design process. Sometimes I'll just start with a, an animation idea. Okay, I want to... I want my objective for this website is to say this. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'll I'll figure a cool animation to to help explain this particular thing, and then my design will come from that animation. So sometimes it's the design that influences my uh, my uh, my the motion that I will do, but very often it's the other way around. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just thinking about it from the start and uh, thinking just about the user in general, what will they feel when they arrive on the website? That's kind of why um, uh, for every project that I do, I always uh, put a big emphasis on motion and I always do a small motion design in After Effects. So I'll do my design in, in Figma and mm -hmm. then I'll, uh, I'll jump, I'll, I'll send that to After Effects and start animating everything. Especially, you know, the first few seconds that you arrive on the website, they are so important, I think. So I'll usually uh, animate that part, you know, the first 15 seconds when you arrive on the website, what's going to happen, how will the elements appear, um, just to get this, this idea, this flow, this energy. 
Um, and yeah, I tried to adapt really the motion to, to the project. Like um, if it's a fun, bubbly, uh, like the website for Mana. <laughs> 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 here. Yeah, queue up the product placement. Let's do it. <laughs> but yeah, like this this website here that uh, that I did for uh, for Mana. Uh, the purpose was to have this big boost of energy, so the motion was a really big part of it. Um, so yeah, Mana is a is a yerba mate drink. So it's a kind of an energy drink, but a bio good for your health energy drink. Um, so, so I wanted the user to have this kind of boost of energy when they arrive on the website. So yes, there are a lot of fun colors, but there's also with, and so the design plays a big part of it, but the motion plays an equal part of it. So yeah, it's really uh, important for me and it's not just an afterthought, you know, it's, hmm. it's part of the, uh, the, the end product. So during that kind of creative exploration phase, are you kind of listing out the the emotions or the vibe that you want the the user to feel and then kind of backtracking and creating the design and or the motion around that feeling yeah yeah always uh, one of the first thing that i do uh once i receive you know the brief of the client um so we get the brief uh we do the kick the kickoff with the client so we ask a bunch of questions really understand the objectives the purpose and some of the questions that we talk about are what do you want you know, the user to feel? What mm -hmm. should the user uh, leave this experience with? Um, so these, these become the keywords on which I base uh, my mood boarding, uh, my, uh, my design, all of this. So yeah, I always start with writing down a few keywords, you know, around five, six keywords for every project. It could be, you know, fun, like for mana, fun, energetic, uh, colorful. These could be really great keywords. Um, and then I'll, you know, start working on a mood board, get some inspiration. I think it's always good to, to get some inspirations. And then, uh, yeah, then start working on figuring out, well, obviously there's the user experience also uh, in the process. There are so many steps. But if we focus more on yeah design and motion, um, it goes it goes hand in hand with yeah user experience, mood boarding, uh, sketching. When we look at, when I look at, at my uh, sketchbook, uh, there's always just a bunch of little uh, little sketch of animations. So it's not mm. just sketch of layouts where everything will be placed on the page, but also. Uh, as I scroll down the page, this element will uh, will scale up. This one mm -hmm. will right, uh, and and all of this, yeah. So I'm I'm curious where you're sourcing your inspiration from, and what kind of fuels you up creatively, so that you can kind of go into work, and not just work. Not are you just working at talks, but you're also freelancing on the side. So how do you stay creatively, creatively fueled to do all of the work that you're doing and kind of avoid the burnout process that a lot of us kind of hit after kind of a long sequence of working for a long time without kind of taking the opportunity to recharge? So I guess that's a two-part question. Where do you find inspiration? And then how does that inspiration keep you fueled without burning out right well 
obviously now with all of the resources online, I think it's easy to get some inspiration uh, from websites like Awards, you know, Awards, Awards. <laughs> I don't, I, I never know how to pronounce it, but yeah, Awards or, you know, Pinterest, uh, Instagram, Twitter, all of these are great platforms. Um, the only thing is I feel like it's dangerous to just, it's easy to fall into just doing exactly what everyone else is doing when you just get your inspirations from these platforms because I do feel like uh, like many of the websites that come out um, kind of often have the same more or less look and feel. Uh, we can kind of see that probably the mood boarding process for each one of these, uh, these projects was done the same way through the same platforms with the same kind of inspirations. And uh, so I think it's there's it's 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 great that you can so easily get inspiration nowadays. You know, when I started off, you you didn't have any of these platforms. You didn't have BNC. You didn't have uh, awards. You you didn't have uh, uh, you. I think we had uh, FWA, mm -hmm. the oldest one, but we didn't have much in terms of inspiration. So we would have just to find it within ourselves to 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 create something unique and i think it's it's kind of finding the balance between the two you should I, I think it's always super useful to get some inspirations on these platforms but you should also just uh at some point in your in your inspiring process and creative process you should leave these leave the mood board aside and just uh, take the take the notebook uh start sketching stuff and without you know without any inspiration in front of you just figure out uh brainstorming on i think the best way to get some some really good ideas on the project um is just really to focus on the subject of that particular project you know we're lucky as designers uh, we can work on multiple different kind of projects you can mm -hmm. one day work on an, an energy drink the other day work on a technology uh, a new technology uh, or on you know a, a library or a foundation whatever uh, so try to I, I try to for each project to really focus on the subject and what we're trying to say and try to find concepts relating to that particular subject so um so that way i don't just follow the trends i, mm. I can kind of get inspired by these trends visually but i always try to find a, a deeper meaning a bigger concept really based on the the, the subject itself on the, the product itself uh and the objectives that they have and i think it's the mix between these two that for me um gives the best results does that make sense? <laughs> oh yeah, it ma it makes a ton of sense, and I think that while these kind of inspirational platforms, Pinterest awards, are like amazing to have, I do kind of feel a little bit envious of the time when we didn't have them because you had to rely on your own internal creativity as as like the the visual source. And yes, you could go to books, you could take a walk, you can look around in the world, but you really had to dig deep. And I think. When you do have the ability to dig deep and or fuse together personal interests that apply to you and use yourself as a filter, you come up with really creative, fresh, 
new innovative ideas. And that's what I'm seeing out of your work. I mean, just as an example, oh, you're, you're very welcome. But I mean, the work that you're doing at Tux and uh, as well as freelancing, I think is very innovative, fresh, always feels like you're trying something new, which I think is an important thing just to not do the same thing over and over ad nauseum. And just to use an example, Sandy Shore, like the, the farm website, and I'll throw it up on the screen. It felt very much like you were at a farm. There was texture, there was dirt, there was grit, but there was also elegance and beauty. And maybe we can pick your brain a little bit about how that came to fruition as you were leading the team uh, through that process. Sure, yeah. So Sandy Shore, like you were mentioning, it's a farm here in Canada, in the, in Ontario, and it's an asparagus farm, uh, mainly, plus uh, onion uh, onions and bell peppers. So when the, the, the contract was, uh, when we got the contract at Tux, it was kind of a, oh, okay, interesting. We were going to do the website uh, and the branding for, for a farm. That's uh, a nice challenge. But honestly, that's the kind of projects that I prefer to do because they, there's, like for a farm, there's such a big uh, untouched, uh, it's such a big untouched uh, field. I, uh, I think in, in design and websites, we don't often see websites for farm. I feel like, portfolio websites for designers. We've mm. seen so many of them that it's kind of hard to do something new and cool and original. But so that's why I really like to work on these, these kinds of projects. But yeah, for, for Sandy Shore, the farm, um, which were, what, is, what was great is that what, what I like about working at Tux uh, is partly that is that we are uh, really a 360 agency. So we don't do only websites. We do a bunch of different things. Also branding, advertising, uh, 3D uh, production, copywriting strategy. So um, getting to work with the other teams is what uh, fuels me often. Mm -hmm. Um, because yes, you know, I'm, I'm a web designer, uh, creative director, and I, I get my inspiration at the same place as, as most web designer do also. Uh, so I love to work with other people who don't get their inspiration at the same place and who have a different, you know, uh, thinking, uh, and creative process. So the branding, we work together, uh, the web team and the branding team to create and build the brand uh that worked as well as as well as possible the branding the packaging the website all of it needed to work perfectly together so all of it was built uh at the same time and i think that was part of why we created something so strong hmm. and then yeah thinking about different ways for uh, for the website to uh, to apply this kind of you know, it's a farm, so we wanted to have this, like you were mentioning, feeling of being on a farm, feeling of, uh, you know, the growth. We're growing vegetable, we're growing uh, things uh, in the dirt. So we wanted to get this this feeling. So that's what I was mentioning. Yeah, feeding your your create your creating in, in creative inspiration uh, from the subject. So this is a farm. So how could we? get this idea of growth so just the way that the the text appears it's like as if it's growing from the background 
the the illustrations that you have on the landing page they're kind of there's you start with a small seed then as you scroll the seed becomes a flower and mm. you get this idea of growth throughout the website you you have these elements that that's starts to grow even the page transition where you you kind of get into the ground uh, mm -hmm. with this nice little effect so all of these are uh, yeah the way that that's kind of how it was built and it's not just me obviously it's the entire team and I like the the transit the page transition uh, transition that's uh, one that was the idea of one of my developers so I think it's always good to Teamwork, obviously, just work with other people, uh, brainstorm with other people at the beginning of every project. I, I don't just sit down by myself and start brainstorming and creating. I sit down with a few people from my team and we brainstorm together, try to find some cool interactions, uh, not just designers, but developers as well, mm -hmm. project manager, uh, strategists, and anyone can have a good idea. And these different perspectives, I think, uh, are what makes uh, a project way stronger. Great work is made in groups, for sure. Yeah. I don't think anything amazing was made in isolation, per se. Well, well pr probably at some point, something. <laughs> yeah, most of the time, I think uh, the, best, the best project come from uh, collaboration, for sure. On your journey, you had mentioned movies got you into kind of thinking about motion and design. What are the movies that kind of fueled you as a child, but then you also come back to time and a time again now? Well, for me, I think it it really was these adventure movies. Uh, like, like I was mentioning earlier, I think Indiana Jones, it's probably the movie, uh, the Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade for me. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. I was the right uh, the right age to love that movie, and I think it's just my all time favorite movie. I it's annoying to watch the movie with me in real life because it just I just say all of the 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 lyrics, Is that the, the, lines? the lines, all of the yeah. lines just before the <laughs> the actor says them. Um, but yeah, that, that's a great movie for me. All these, I think I've always liked movies where you can kind of just. Uh, let yourself imagine, uh, you know, get your, get out of your regular life and just mm. let the movie, uh, you know, inspire you and, and bring you to new worlds. And, and I think that's, you know, and I really don't want to compare my work to, <laughs> to, to, uh, to Steven Spielberg, Spielberg work and George Lucas, obviously, but that's what I'm trying to do in my project as, as best as I can. It's I try to make the user feel something mm -hmm. um, just like in these movies where it's, it's about bringing the user in, in on an adventure, guiding them, uh, making them feel something. Uh, so it's a lot of storytelling in the, in the projects that I do. And it's, you know, it's a mix of, many different things so it's not just having a nice story but it's just like an, on a movie you need to have many different things working perfectly well together to get a good movie if you have a perfect script for a movie a great script but the the realization or you know the direction or the uh, the dop is not great then mm. the movie won't be great 
And the same thing, if you have a great DOP, everything looks beautiful, but the script isn't that great. It's not going to work as well either. Um, so that's kind of the way that I think about websites. You need to have, you know, uh, great content. You need to have a great storytelling. So a great user experience. You need to have a great design, great motion. All of this needs to be perfectly uh, thought of together to to, uh, to create a great experience. The synergy between teams is like so important, kind of coming together, bringing their diverse skill sets, and then working together on one unified goal of making an amazing thing. And thank you for that in-depth kind of thought process there, because I was trying to figure out how your love of cinema was connecting to your work and I think you did do a really good job, especially when you said world building, because I can see an aspect of world building within the work that you do, because everything is tied together stylistically, whether that's the motion, the design itself, the content, it's all coming together in a unified package to build this, this website, this miniature world that you as a team or you as a working with a couple of individuals has created. And that's that you can see in the Mana website where it's all this colorful universe and these amazing characters coming to life. But also in all of the things, whether it's Sandy Shore or the work that you've done in the past, I think it has that that element of storytelling, motion, world building that are all colliding together in perfect synergy. Well, thank you. Uh, I, I, that's that, that's what I'm trying to do, and yeah, I think I really appreciate also just projects that uh, that serve a purpose. Mm. Um, so most of the projects that I do are usually like projects for client for to present their service, present who they are, uh, and they. I like to have projects that are meaningful and that mm. will answer to your objective. Um, I think obviously it's easy to just create a, a kick-ass cool website for a product, like for a fake project, for example. Uh, and there is nothing bad about that. I think it's actually a good thing to sometimes just do so these fun, uh, these fun projects. Uh, but I love to try to figure out the best way to answer the objectives of the brief of a client, and I, that's some one of the things that feeds me also. The clearer the brief is, uh, the most annoying the client is at the beginning, uh, the more I like it because it it gets me out of my comfort zone and it makes me think about really uh, particular ways to uh, to answer these these objectives. I think it's funny because you had mentioned on Sandy Shore, the farm, that you like those projects the most and that when they're different or things that kind of haven't come up kind of time and time again. And I do think that there's a, a, a tendency for some designers to not want to work on certain types of projects because they think it's immediately going to be lame or right. not cool or not go in their portfolio. But it sounds to me like you have a different perspective around the type of work that you're presented with, almost thinking every project is a unique opportunity to make something beautiful. Is, it, is that true? Is that your thought process? Exactly. Yeah, I think that every type of project, every type of subject can create it. We, we can create something amazing on that. I think for me, it's more 
it's more a, a question of the vision of the the client it's the, the, itself so if the client is open if they have a, a, a vision and they want to push the envelope uh whether it's for a cool subject or something mm. really weird uh and some or something that could sound very boring i think there is always a way to to push it and yeah like 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 i was mentioning if it's something different for me it's always more exciting because uh i i get to think uh differently i get to try to create something very really unique like uh, I did a website a few years ago for uh, a, a company that create that sells that creates and sells cables, HDMI cable. Mm. Uh, so it was like, okay, that's really not exciting, right? So <laughs> HDMI cable, okay, yeah. But uh, so the company was uh, Wireworks, and um, we ended up creating something really fun. I mean, something super techy because do, these are really high end techy cables. Uh, but with the nice, uh, the right look and feel, the right interactions, the right assets, we created 3D assets, uh, cool, uh, cool interactions, and the end result was really one of the projects that I'm the most proud of. So, um, so yeah, any project can can be awesome. I think it's for me, it's just a question of the right fit with the the client. If mm. we have the right fit with the client. Uh, and that can be different for for many people. For uh, but for me, it's a client, uh, a right fit. It's it's just a client that is open, uh, a client that uh, is ready to you know to learn to listen, mm -hmm. uh, a client that uh, we can have a great conversation with, and that will challenge me, but that I can challenge also. Mm. And that's that makes for the best collaboration and the best projects. I'm curious. Um about kind of your shift to talks and this was was this two years ago one year ago uh it was at the early covid so mm. okay. um so i guess two years and a half ago maybe and my question specifically is is what has your kind of most important um, kind of contribution to the the culture at Tux. What what has that been? What is that most important contribution that you've brought to the culture at Tux? Yes. Um, well, that's a good question. Um, well, obviously, before I got at Tux, we didn't have and Tux didn't have any web team uh, mm. house. So um, so I I started at Tux to build this web team. Um, and we're still working on it. We're still building it, uh, but we have really great, talented people. Uh, so, so yeah, it's going well. Mm -hmm. But I think that's probably the biggest impact. It's just that um, implementation of web thinking, also. So, mm -hmm. thinking of a brand not just as you know logo and and uh, stationery and packaging, uh, but really integrating the web part in it uh, as you know, one of the central part of a brand. For me, I think that a a website uh, is kind of the. I don't know if it's the right word, but epiphany is that no, it, the the central, the most important central part of a branding. What's it? What's the right word to say that? Um, like a focal point, or that's a, let's say a focal point. Okay. But yeah, the focal point for me, I feel like for a branding, 
uh, a website is kind of every element of the branding possible for for any company put at the same place hmm. uh, because you can you can have the logo you can have uh, at one place you can have a business card with some typography elements you can have a, you know a, a catalog or a, a box whatever packaging um, but on the website you have so many different elements you have typography you have colors you have uh, illustrations uh, assets uh, pictures you have iconography uh, you have animations, you have all these different things that build uh, a brand identity visually. Yeah. And and for me, it's like once you have a great website, the brand, get, the brand is kind of already established. Uh, for me, the uh, website is almost like a brand book. If you have mm -hmm. a, a well-done website, you kind of don't even need a brand book. Not, I'm not saying you don't, you, you still do, obviously. Uh, but uh, the website is like every element of the brand book put at one place and working in perfect harmony together. Um, sometimes we work at talks on, on a project and the, the, the client, we usually, you know, starts with the, the branding, the, establishing the, the typographies, the color, all of this. Uh, we are working in collaboration with the, mm. with the team, the web team in this, but the, the client starts usually by seeing more of the, the traditional branding elements. And uh, a comment that often uh, comes back from the client is that they, when they finally see the art direction for the website, they finally get it. Mm. You know, they, uh, they, they would see all these elements for the branding and be like, okay, yeah, I think it works, uh, but it's hard for them to envision how all of these elements work together. But on the website, the client just finally get, gets it. And mm -hmm. they're like, okay, so that's what we've been working towards. Um, so I think that's something that I, that, that I brought uh, at Talks. And um, yeah, another more techie thing that I brought is uh, Figma. So, uh, we, so I'm, I'm working on Figma. And um, nobody used to work on Figma at Talks. And now the entire agency is working on Figma. So mm -hmm. uh, it, not just, you know, designers, but uh, coordinator, project managers, uh, all, you know, strategists, uh, copywriters, everyone work on Figma uh, so that on Figma for a particular uh, project, a particular client, we have particular projects for a project. We have all these different uh, pages uh, for the creation of the brand for example mm -hmm. where we can find all of the variation all of the the stuff that was done all at the same place um so yeah that's great because every every member of different teams can find everything that everyone else have, has worked on and done all in one place in figma we used to just get lost in the servers and some mm -hmm. stuff was on a google drive some stuff was on the server some stuff was on the computer of the of uh, the designer only and it was really hard getting stuff but now it's all at the same place so yeah that's what that's another uh, little contribution uh, i guess that that i brought the at the at docs can you talk a little bit about the early days of kind of forming the team and what you were looking for in kind of collaborative team members building out the web kind of department yeah well um well, I think like building a, a new team is not easy, especially in a, a company that 
already works well and it has their own team. So we wanted to find our place. Uh, so for that, I, it was really important for me to find people that wanted that, you know, that wanted to be part of uh, the early years of the team and, and stay part of the team and grow with us and build with us. Um, so that's what I found a few really talented people, uh, great uh, developers, project manager, you know, people that uh, want to work together and I, that are just really good at what they do. Mm. Um, and that has the same kind of vision for, for the team also. Uh, so the vision was really just, creative website that's what we want to do we don't want to do uh these huge uh like uh, corporate mm -hmm. uh hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars website that do, that take two years to do that's kind of not what we do we prefer working on really visually uh, beautiful website branded websites and i wanted to find people that had the same intention same vision that always want to push the envelope. Mm -hmm. uh, I think uh, like we're not counting our hours uh, at Docs. I think the best, you know, these the best agencies that we see uh, on awards, uh, and I'm sure it's you know the same the same for you. Uh, we we need to not just count too much our hours. We just want to to have the best possible project every single time. Uh, and if that means working a little bit more, we do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we take it just upon ourselves, but not as an obligation, but really just because we want to do it. Uh, we want to create the best possible work every single time. Um, and for us, it's really in the details. It's in every little thing. And I wanted to find people on my team that had the same vision. People that don't get annoyed if you uh, if you tell them to move uh, the the picture two pixels to the right, you know, so people that have this this intention, people that will try to to find the perfect easing for the way the, the picture appears, um, and work on the the curve uh, for the easing to get this exact effect that we want. That's what I want uh, on my team and. Yeah, I'm lucky enough to work with uh, great people who who think just the same way as I do. Yeah, it sounds like a dedication to the craft, uh, a love of what you're doing, a dedication to the client as well, and just a a drive to make exceptional work time and time again. Is there a moment that was particularly challenging during that kind of building phase? that you can speak to i just want i just want people to know that everything you touch doesn't just turn to gold that you do have challenges in your life and that it's not just easy street it's because of your dedication you got to this level yeah well you're you're entirely right it's not easy and so i started two years and a half ago but um but we we, we started, you know, getting stuff out just about a year ago. <laughs> so that means that the first year and a half uh, was hard. We, you know, we uh, had to build a team. So finding the right people, uh, getting the right people, uh, like our first developer that joined the team uh, came from France. Uh, mm -hmm. So we 
you know, we didn't just go and found the first the first people that we could. We found the right person, uh, especially as you know the 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 central part of the team. We needed to have the right the right people to join the team. So just finding the right people, the right talent, then finding the right projects also. Uh, that's not always easy because mm-hmm. people still at this uh, uh, still now don't necessarily think of docs for websites yet. Uh, this is kind of changing now. We we're starting to get people who contact us just for websites, but mostly like people know docs here in Montreal for uh, as an agency, uh, uh, an advertising agency and branding agency mostly. Um, so it was kind of hard to to make our place there Mm. but slowly you know it takes time um i think it's not something that is done you know the first project that you'll do won't be the best project that uh, that comes out it takes time and to just get known also Mm -hmm. uh, in the community and for clients to think of you for for projects instead of having to go uh, to the clients it takes time um and effort um but yeah i think these were part of the challenge and especially since we started uh, i started building the team um during covid mm-hmm. so at first we were we were all at home so that was hard too you know you can't really meet uh meet people meet talent uh, and it's hard to build this uh this team synergy when you're not together i feel for me um you know, I'm all for remote work, but personally, I feel like at, at Docs, for example, it's it's an hybrid mode that we have. People come in um, a few days a week, uh, maybe two days a week. Uh, they work uh, they work from home. Two days a week, they work at the office. We're lucky enough to work four days a week only at Tux. <laughs> so oh, nice. Is it nice. your day off? Is that why we're doing this on Friday? It's my day off today. That's why we're doing this on Friday. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, so usually half-half. And for me, it's, it's important to go to the office these two days because I get to you know, talk with my team, with the rest of the, the company as well, just exchange human to human. And it's such an important part for me. Um, like people sometimes ask me, why don't I just go uh, freelancing full time? And for me, that's really the big reason. I think, um, well, first, I love my team. I love uh, the company. I love what I'm doing. But um, I also just love being in contact with people. And yeah, at the first the first years during COVID, I think that was uh, a hard part for sure changing uh, to a new company starting to, trying to build uh, a new web team all of this at a distance without having this human uh, and you know aspect was probably the hardest part for me that's definitely the challenge because rogue is all remote and that that's always been something i've thought about in the back of my head it's like Oh, I have this remote culture so that I and the team has the flexibility to be wherever, work right. wherever. I can move whenever I want. So we moved from Brooklyn to Cape Cod back in October of this year. Um, 
and and that was a beautiful decision but it means i get to be a beach bum or go out surfing whenever i kind of choose or when the waves are nice but also like the the loneliness that comes from not having people on the same time zone or kind of not having people in the physical space is definitely a trade-off so it's definitely not for everyone and thank mm -hmm. you for kind of sharing that kind of in-depth analysis yeah and it's for you is it working well still do you find this uh, human connection still like i don't know through zoom meeting or mm -hmm. do you get together at some moment in the in the year to to answer that that that's the next step is to get together maybe like at an awards conference and kind of pull everyone together for for a meeting like that um the zoom connection is getting better and then also this like these podcasts kind of chatting with a variety of people in the creative industry it has been super fulfilling so that is like a newfound level of connection that i get to have with a variety of people i get to learn from people hear amazing stories and kind of grow as a result and then share that and pass it on. So that's been really fulfilling and, and kind of fuels me up during the course of the week. So I love doing like one or two of these a week so that, that people get value, but mainly it's a selfish act for myself. <laughs> to get this human connection. Yeah. And you're doing a great job at it also, Britain. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah. So yeah, for sure. And I think that Everyone is different also in that mm -hmm. aspect. Some people uh, might find it easier uh, to, you know, work from home. Um, and if that's what you you want, uh, I think it's great that we now have the possibility to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, before COVID, we didn't really have the, that possibility so much because it wasn't kind of, it wasn't part of the business thinking. Mm -hmm. But now uh, companies have evolved and are now open to all ways of working. And I think that's great. And it allows for people to just uh, to go with what they feel more comfortable with. Uh, for example, here at Docs, we have some people who go at the office every single day and we have some who go maybe just, you know, once uh once every two weeks so it's really it depends on whatever how everyone feels some mm -hmm. people live you know two hours from montreal uh mm -hmm. so for them it's harder so they, they do more remote work so and they can enjoy the nature because mm -hmm. two hours from montreal here it's <laughs> it's nature it's the forest there's a <laughs> there's not much but i'm just imagining like disappearing into this beautiful pine forest and how that could be very idyllic and a very zen kind of experience and i wanted to jump back to the other part of this question which was since you're working well four days a week that's really nice but you're also freelancing on the side and doing a variety of different other types of projects with your freelance work. Do you ever experience burnout in any degree or are you kind of so in love with the process or doing enough to fuel yourself outside of work so that you're avoiding that burnout? It's an important subject to touch on because I, I think many people are living through a situation where they push themselves a little bit too much. I think it's easy in our domain to do so. And yeah, I think like just a few months ago, I was kind of limit at the point of what I could, I could do. And I pushed myself a little bit too much. I was 
you know, really tired, just working all the time uh, with the job, plus a few projects that I had taken on for as freelance. Um, so I think it's important to listen to yourself uh, and know when to say no. Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to just say yes, because uh, it's just a one project that I can do. I'm going to work a few hours every weekend, uh, every a few hours every night, uh, and then I'm going to get this nice paycheck at the end of the project. Um, it's an easy win. We can put it that way, but it's also easy to just go overboard because it's not an easy job. You have to think a lot. There's a lot of, uh, you know, it's, it's stressful. Um, so, yeah, I, I decided to take a little break. Uh, right now, I'm not... I'm not taking any uh, freelancing work at the moment. I just decided that I needed a little break, uh, just focusing on my my full-time job. Uh, and I'm teaching a little bit too on the side um, with my masterclass on, on awards, for example. So I think now I have a, a nice balance. I will for sure take some freelancing work again in the future, but I'll try to be careful not to take too many of them. Mm. Um, yeah, I think uh, your mental health and physical health uh, is so important. And it's easy to just push it on the side. And um, and and at one moment, just to reach your breaking point uh, when it's too late. And then I think it can take a lot of time. I know people who have reached this point of it's too late and I need to cut everything for a few months Uh even many many months um so that's why i just decided to take a little break a little breather uh and yeah it feels good it feels good to uh, to be uh, you know take the time and be able to instead of working go and enjoy the summer uh oh yeah definitely on hikes uh like uh, you were mentioning in my little intro i have my two dogs uh and with my girlfriend, we we love to go on hikes, you know, go on our paddle boards. It's mm. not always super easy with the dogs. <laughs> <laughs> paddle boarding, uh, we're still working on it. It's a challenge, but uh, but yeah, we like all of these uh, these activities. I think it's uh, important just to uh, to get your uh, energy back, your creative inner flow uh, going. Uh, to take these breaks, just let your mind think of nothing you know just uh, just let it go and and uh, because at some point i remember just before taking my break i i just couldn't think anymore mm-hmm. you know i couldn't think as well as uh, i usually can i was tired and uh, ideas uh, creative ideas all of this came really uh, more difficult mm-hmm. uh, at that point um so that's why i just you know decided to take a little break and yeah, that's great. I mean, just to be in the in that position, so it's not like um, it's not impacting your regular job, but also not impacting your life or um, your kind of partner as well. So just making that that disconnect and or I guess not disconnect, but making that shift and prioritizing yourself, mental health, time with others. And especially in summer, that's like the perfect time to yeah. take a little break. Yeah, for sure. In, in winter, the, here it gets pretty cold. There's a lot of snow, as you know. So it's a little bit harder to uh, to go out and, 
and enjoy life as much or it's a better time to get a contract or a freelancing <laughs> but yeah i think taking this, these little breaks it's also better for uh, for the clients at the end of the day because you you when you i i, I want to be 100 percent on every projects that i do and if i don't feel like i can be 100 percent, then it's better not to uh, to take a project you know mm. No, that's a that's a beautiful realization for yourself. Are you one of the hardcore Canadians that are out there on the snowmobile every weekend or trudging through snow, cross country skiing? I I don't do ski do snowmobile. Uh, I, I did, you know, I uh, in the past my in my family we we used to have uh, so I did do it, but I'm more of a. Uh, walking in the forest uh, mm. in the snow uh, shoe sh 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 no uh, shoe no yeah mm. uh i do snowboarding i do hockey you know i'm a canadian so i do all <laughs> <laughs> it's in the blood it's in my blood what can i tell you <laughs> yeah i i i'm not very good on the ice skates so i i wouldn't no. do too good against you playing hockey but uh yeah, for uh, yeah, I think uh, every little uh, Canadian uh, boy start playing hockey when they're young. Not everyone, obviously, but mm. uh, it's our national sport, and I still love playing every week for uh, every week. Doesn't stop all year long. It's uh, it feels good. Oh yeah, <laughs> amazing! <laughs> Hiking, hockey, walks outside, keeping yourself refreshed. Paddleboard yeah. in the summer, time with the dog. Climbing, climbing also. I climbing. think it's sport. I think uh, I love climbing because it's, it's a. I think it's a nice social sport. Uh, mm. I love going climbing with you know a friend, and we just we talk, we climb, we uh, well, I bowl, you know, bouldering. Yeah. Um. So, just tr it. It's good for you know it's physical and it's good, but it's also good for your brain uh, in some way because you you need to figure out how to climb the the wall mm -hmm. uh, when there's a problem you're not able to do it you can just look at it talk with your friend brainstorm okay maybe if we put our feet there and put our hand there and then you try it doesn't work okay let's go back to thinking and when you figure it out it's so uh, rewarding uh, I think it's a perfect mix of you know sport and uh, social uh, a social sport. I guess you're problem solving in the moment and trying not to fall off the wall. So yeah, that too. <laughs> definitely, yeah. definitely a mental sport as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a yeah, it's a really mental sport. And uh, some days you you got it, some days you don't. It's really uh, like tennis. It's a mental thing. <laughs> I haven't I haven't been bouldering yet. My brother just got into it, so I was gonna try and go and boulder with him. He's uh, a couple hours from me, so we'll meet up and do that. Grab some beers, have a after. Grab the beers after, yeah, yeah, yeah after. <laughs> so not falling off the wall. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of uh, bouldering, um, I was going bouldering with a, a colleague of mine, uh, Michael um, from Tux. And uh, he fell, broke his feet uh, while bouldering. Uh, so we decided just to, to create a small website at Tux. Uh, I don't know if you saw it. Uh, Brokenfooter.com, exactly. Yeah. 
So we did do this broken footer website uh, for just so that people can go on the website, sign his virtual cast, uh, leave a note on his 3D uh, WebGL virtual cast and uh, give him a smile back. Uh, it was a really fun little project. So we do take the time. I think we need, uh, it's fun to take the time uh, to do these fun little projects uh, for ourselves, you know, not necessarily for a client. We took, I think, three days to do it. It started with just, okay, let's just do a small page. We'll take a few hours to do it. And then we had, okay, maybe we do it this, we do it, uh, we pushed it and we ended up taking about three days, but it was, uh, it was fun. You need to have fun doing, you know, your work also and take the time to do that. Those like little silly or personal projects, it doesn't have to be silly, that, that definitely give you like a new perspective of thinking, whether it's like a new challenge or just like, okay, we want to do this because of- Views and groups. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like just like a collaborative fun project, sharing beer and sharing music. Two passions in my life. I'm, I love going to craft breweries or like picking up like a four pack and just trying new things just from the perspective of just trying it and enjoying like beer culture as well as music culture. And somewhere down the line, I realized that they, they go really good together. And at my old agency before I started freelancing and then went to Rogue, my job at on Fridays was to pick up beer for the office. So I would bring beer back to the office and I would put on music, whether or not anyone wanted to listen to the music that I wanted them to listen to. And I would talk about the beer and I would give like a like a two minute rant about like the different notes that you'd be tasting in the beer, what you could experience, like where the brewery's located and like the type of hops they're okay. using. And, and some people like really looked forward to it. And I was like, oh, that's amazing. I'm bringing some level of joy and or entertainment to their Friday. And, right. you know, it was like the last like 30 minutes of the workday and it was just like a fun, chilling, chill out experience. And that's kind of the seed of brews and grooves, how it kind of started. Yeah. And you decided that you, you saw that people liked it at your old job. So you decided to share the love with everyone in the world and build the uh, brews and grooves. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, that's the power also of what we're doing, right? We can easily create something uh, here in Montreal or wherever you, you come from and share it to the entire world uh, through the internet. Uh, I think that's that we're really lucky to have this kind of power now uh, to, do, to do these little thing and yeah, using it to, to give a smile, to, to make people feel good and laugh. I think yeah. it's part of maybe our responsibility as designer to, mm. to uh, and you know, people in communication to, to use that to, uh, to make the world a better place. Like we're working uh, at Tux, is, it's really important that we, uh, we, we, you know, work with foundations. We work, uh, we uh, like the environment is super important. The LGBTQ cause is really important for us. Uh, BPOC, you know, all of the, these subjects are super important. And we are working, creating work uh, pro bono often mm. for these um, these subjects. And I think it's 
it's uh, yeah our responsibility as people in communication to use our power that you have to uh, even if it's just a little bit to influence the world in a good way and to be part of the change instead of just not being part of the problem you know being part of of the solution exactly if you have a voice or a talent you can use it even if it's just to bring a smile or if it's more uh, than just that to make some small difference in the world. I think it is a really important responsibility and not everyone's going to take that action, but I think the people that do, it, it really shows when, when they're taking that extra initiative and going that extra mile to create something that does help a community, um, whether it's LGBTQ, like you had mentioned, or, or like the BIPOC community and make sure that representation and equality and equity are just spread throughout the world. And, and we have the ability to do that as designers. Important message. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it is important. Especially uh, in our domain, like websites, I think uh, it's easy uh, to share to share the love and to have a big impact with a relatively smart, uh, small effort. Hmm. Um, and I think like platforms like awards, uh, like I was mentioning are great for that because, um, any kind of, of website, uh, can, you know, great looking and with nice interaction can have, uh, a huge impact, have mm -hmm. a lot of views. Um, and so if you can create something that can bring positive change in the world and have it. Featured on words, then you get these uh, thousands of views, uh, and you know it can kind of be this ripple effect where a small action can can create a lot of change in the world. So hopefully, uh, we move towards that. Yeah, as a community of designers and creatives, let's all try to move towards that goal, create the ripple, and let it spread. Yeah, I yeah. guess. Speaking of creating a, a ripple and, and kind of helping and teaching and learning, I wanted to jump to your course on awards. But my question before that is, was that the first time you started teaching design or were there moments in your career before that that you found yourself picking up this passion and this habit of teaching others? Right. Well, I guess the I started kind of teaching, influencing other, uh, just in my role of creating the creative director, just mm. working mm. with other designers and trying to get the best out of every one of them. So it started that way. But then before uh, before awards class and master class, uh, I uh, I became a teacher also in college here mm. in, uh, in Montreal. So I am teaching uh, web design in, uh, in, we call it CEGEP here. So it's for, uh, it's for adult uh, students. Um, and yeah, so uh, I, I started, uh, I think about six or seven years ago, teaching, uh, teaching web design in, um, in CEGEP. Uh, and yeah, it's something that I, I ended up really liking, um, I think. Like we're talking about our impact, and I think that in we can have a nice little impact also trying to 
to mold uh, the, the future of our industry and create uh, really good uh, designers, um, the best designers possible. So yeah, I, I love teaching. Then uh, awards, uh, I had the chance to be approached by awards to create a class first, you know, on the, mm. the regular course uh, of Awards Academy and then a masterclass. That's uh, something that started uh, this year. I'm actually uh, in my first session of masterclass right Congratulations. now. Congratulations. Uh, and it's really fun. I have, it's, I mean, it's fun teaching at the college, but it's always the same kind of students, you know, it's people from Montreal. Uh, but now I'm teaching uh, this masterclass and the concept of the masterclass is just that uh, you had these uh, 10, 10 weeks of, uh, of information and you have live Q&As and homeworks every week and I give feedback to each student uh, individually every week. So it's really not just a an online course, uh, you know, a few hours that you can listen to. It's a real exchange with, uh, with the teacher. Hmm. Um, so I think it's so much stronger for the, for the students for sure. And it's much more enjoyable for me also, because I get to, to, uh, to exchange and talk with uh, people from all around the world. Um, and yeah, I, I, I have students uh, in the Philippines. I have students in the UK and the US, everywhere. So it's great to, um, yeah, it's great to to be able to exchange, see their vision of design, and try to uh, you know understand how they work and try to teach them how I work. That's mm. that's the subject of the class. It's just the my creation creative process from A to Z to creating a a website from you know the, the creative brief uh, to uh, the final design I don't do development myself uh, mm -hmm. so I don't I don't teach that but yeah I teach the you know the understanding the brief the the user experience the UX the wireframing uh, thinking of a big cool concept like like we we're mentioning for Sandy Shore thinking mm -hmm. outside the box uh, mood boarding, creating the art direction, the design, the advanced prototyping in Figma and animating even in After Effects. So we're seeing all of that. Um, so I'm really trying to show my entire process. And and yeah, I love to share uh, what I know. Obviously, I, I don't have all the answer and this is just the way that I work on it. So I always tell each one of my students to it's you, you take what you want and you leave what you don't <laughs> what you don't want that's the way that i do it uh i mean i've been working i've been creating websites for uh, just websites uh, since 2011 i think mm. Before that i use i was more of a traditional designer so i would do you know logo branding and some websites also but since 2011 i'm just websites 100 so i have learned a few a few things through uh, through the years and that's what i'm trying to share with the master class are all the lessons pre-recorded and then the q a's are live yeah exactly so the the 10 weeks of lessons are pre-recorded about an hour to an hour and a half every week of pre-recorded lessons um and then we have the live q a uh, every week and uh you know the the homework and the feedback, individual feedback uh, for each student mm. uh, every week also. Was it an interesting learning curve trying to figure out the, the, the cinematic 
kind of component the with the cameras and kind of the the best way to communicate the lesson plan or did it come very naturally to you it was hard uh honestly i think for me it what's easy is like what we're doing now mm. even if i you know it's hard for me to find my words sometimes because i'm a french speaking guy and my my english sometimes is a little hard to 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 find the perfect word but uh, I find it easy just to speak and to interact with someone and, you know, get when you have the the eye contact, you have the, the real connection. I, I find that really enjoyable and easy. Mm. Uh, what was hard for me was just creating the content and, yeah, recording it uh, in front of my computer, screen grab and with a microphone and not having this this interaction yeah. Um, so that's why that's why I'm. I think the masterclass is good because I do still okay. We d do have the the pre-recorded material, but we still have this interaction. We still have the live Q and A and the feedback, and I think that's why it's so much better for I, I feel to really learn something. Um, because there are a bunch of different platforms, you know, out there where you can just get pre-recorded material, mm -hmm. but real feedback like that, I think that's the strength of it. And that's what I like to do. Uh, talking by myself in front of a computer is really daunting for me and <laughs> not the thing that I prefer to do. It's a strange experience talking to yourself, but no one's, no one's around and you're just like trying to act like someone else is in the room with you. It's it's a bizarre experience. So anyone who's like YouTubing or, or just making content by themselves, that's a whole different skill set to try and bring that level of energy and that that those teaching moments without having someone there. Do you do that? Do you do uh, some uh, YouTube content or? Um, it's all on the back burner right now, but um, I was just thinking about like how I just go to YouTube to learn any skill and it's just like someone talking at me like it were kind of one-on-one -on -one. and mm -hmm. to cultivate that feeling of like being there in the room with them I think is a special talent that does take a lot of skill for sure and I, I mean I've, I've seen your awards course I have that one that I've purchased but uh, I think that you do bring that level of one-on-one -on -one communication and you have a very um, clear concise way of kind of explaining the information so for anyone out there that wants to level up their web design and motion game you can either i mean at some point you can join the master class i'm sure there's like specific times when you can but the course is always on there so you can dive into that for the price of whatever it is on awards at the moment the awards academy and learn all about uh louis motion process so i do recommend that i personally have it so jump on that. Uh, the link will be in the YouTube description so you can find that, but also just go to awards and go to courses and you'll find it. It's like the top three on the page. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for the, the yeah. little, uh, little advertising here, Britain. <laughs> yeah, yeah. got to shout you out, the plug. <laughs> thanks for the plug. Yeah, there's got to be an, uh, an extra level of incentive slash carrot for coming on the show. So that's my way of giving back for your time and energy and sharing all of the the process uh behind who is louis 
Well, thanks. And I'm curious. Uh, so you're you're saying that you did enjoy the course. Uh, what did you like about it or disliked about it? Um, well, what I disliked about it is how good you are and how bad I am at after oh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, But what I liked about it is that it, it did make it very clear and it was a, a good breakdown of the information so that I could follow along. Yes, I mean, if you're trying to go one for one, like you got to like get into the software and try it and then go back to the course. So you got to jump back and forth. But right. That's not a big deal. You Or you could go like window to window and try to follow along. But ultimately, it's like learn the skill, test it out. And then like you kind of have it forever because you can apply the concepts to so many different things, whether it's like thinking about motion in terms of uh, uh, motion in terms of like an emotion trying to get to some level of, of feeling. So like you can translate that a million different ways with like the simple different styles of motion that you're, you're teaching in the course. So I thought that was really helpful kind of thinking about motion in a, in maybe an elevated way than I had prior. So just learning the process was really helpful. Yeah. And I think these, uh, these classes that we now have, on awards and different platforms. Uh, I think it's great that we now, nowadays we have this kind of democratization of education. Uh, mm -hmm. We don't necessarily have to go uh, in school for three years to learn, to learn something. You can actually learn it by yourself. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not saying don't go to school. <laughs> <laughs> Drop out. That's what Louis is saying. School, school is still very good and very important. Uh, but there are these other ways of learning. And just like we were mentioning earlier, everyone is different. Uh, for some people, uh, I think school is great. Um, but for other people uh, that prefer learning on their own, at their own speed, um, for some people, like school is too slow. It's not fast enough. They need to go at their their rate. And these kind of platforms are great. It's also less expensive. And people from all around the world can learn any skills that they want. Uh, so I think the, we're living in a great uh, a great time for that, uh, allowing people to, to learn anything that they want. It used to be that if there weren't any programs where you lived to learn a particular skills, you just couldn't. Yeah. Um, now I think anyone can learn anything that they want. Um, and yeah, by themselves with YouTubes and these other challenge, uh, these other, uh, uh, what these other places, resources. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It, it is beautiful in that way where if you want to learn something, it's only a, click away with the power of kind of strong Wi-Fi and a computer. You can learn almost anything, whether that's cooking or negotiation or business tactics or yeah. just kind of design or uh, kind of anything that applies to your creative execution field. Um, how much kind of education do you do outside of the subject of design? Just 3D or development. I would love to have the time to uh, to learn more about that, mm -hmm. just to help me in my job. But I'd also like to uh, to get back into um, into live uh, human drawings, uh, mm -hmm. new drawings uh, model. I don't, I don't know what's the right word in English. 
Um, you're drawing, I think, is what we would say. You're drawing. Yeah. I love to do it in uh, in school. It was a great way to just, again, you kind of have to disconnect your brain when you're doing it and just let your, your eyes and your hand draw what you're seeing mm -hmm. instead of drawing what you think you're seeing. Mm. That makes any sense because, you know, okay, I'm going to do eyes here and nose here because that's what our brain is used to uh, to thinking a face should look like but actually drawing what you're seeing drawing the the shadows drawing the the lines and not drawing the eyes but drawing mm -hmm. the, the the shadows and lights i i love to to disconnect my brain like that and it's kind of a different way of thinking mm -hmm. and i think it's great also just to to get the creative juice flowing also it's uh that's something that i'd like to to get into uh maybe this winter maybe i'll do that <laughs> yeah I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold you accountable <laughs> i'm gonna come back and just ping you on social media and once this goes out i'll be like all right everyone louis said he was gonna do figure drawing poke him and yeah he's yeah. doing <laughs> I want to see all the sketches posted up on Twitter or X or whatever the hell it's called now. Um, I was I was gonna try and get into like ceramics. There is a it's a theater, but it's also like a kind of creative studio space, and they have a ceramic studio with a kiln. And I wanted to like make some like beautiful plates. Um, one of my favorite things is like the textures of everyday objects. I think everyday objects are so beautiful. And I mean, just looking at your space, it seems like you have a, a love of kind of design in every aspect. So making your space look physically beautiful and the objects. That's, that's, that's all my girlfriend's work. <laughs> She's the brain behind, the, gotcha. behind all the interior design here. Oh, <laughs> like, amazing. <laughs> kudos, kudos to her then. Yeah. But yeah, that's what I was going to try to get into is uh, working with my hands a little bit more, getting messy and make some, some plates and mugs and whatever else. That's cool. Yeah, ceramic, uh, that's something that um, that yeah, me and my girlfriend I was just mentioning would like to do a little bit. You know, we were traveling this year in, in Spain mm. uh, and they are these little ceramic uh where at the at the at the doors on on many buildings with just these nice illustrations and we wanted to create one for our entryway hell yeah uh, of our you know our family and drawing mm -hmm. and creating something unique i think it's so nice that what they that they had the these little unique ceramic uh, representing unique scenes uh, on all of their uh, their not every building, but a lot of them in, you know, older towns. I don't know what they're for exactly, uh, but I feel like it's a little bit like an address uh, for uh, that you can put on your home, but personalized. I think it's nice. So you grew up in like the outskirts of Montreal. I'm curious the impact of travel on your life and what that has been. You just had mentioned Spain. I'm assuming that you've been to other countries as well. So do you have 
uh, some top countries that you've been to that have influenced you either as a creative or as a person? One of the travel that I did that influenced me the most was when I just finished school and I went for three months in Europe, I think by myself. That was a really fun experience. Uh, I did a few different countries at that point. I think I fell in love with uh, Barcelona mm. at that moment too. Uh, really feeling the vibe of the, of the city, how alive it is. It made me you know, feel something. Uh, so there's this city that I really like, but also uh, Tokyo, I think mm. great place. Great city, just Japan. Japan in general uh, loved uh, the energy there again, and what it made me feel. Um, I love traveling, uh, and I love meeting new cultures, new people, and uh, it's a great way to uh, to I think I think find yourself a little bit. Uh, these moments where you know you're walking alone in the street at 1 a.m. Uh, seeing the lights and everything and you're just feeling something this is that's what I love about traveling and discovering new cultures since we're at roughly like an hour and 40 Already? I wanna, yeah right it's been it's just been going smooth it's been you've made my job so easy but I want to flip the script and pass pass it over to you and if there's any questions that you wanted to ask me or dive into, I wanted to open that up. Right. Well, uh, you were talking about uh, Rogue Studio, uh, and uh, I, I saw your new website uh, a few weeks or months ago. Uh, I was wondering how how did that process go? Because I know that creating a website for yourself is not easy. <laughs> it's a hard. It's a hard one. Yeah. Uh, and I'd love to uh, to hear your thought and creative creating process because mm -hmm. I mean for your for an agency where there's probably a bunch of cooks in the in the kitchen and you want to create the best thing possible was that a uh, an easy task for you or uh, did it? It was hard, Louis, and and I, I'm gonna point this back at you, and I think you know that it's hard because you currently don't have a website. Myself? No, yeah. There's no website for Louis. If you go on louispaquet.com, it's just a beautiful DNS page. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's it's very profound because there's a, a lot of great designers that are just kind of rocking up with their, their Behance. So there was you, Brian Powell, just recently has a, his first kind of studio website. And I think the, the important thing is that your work stands for itself. And the goal that I had going in with this new rogue site was to really capture the personality and, and the type of people and mindsets and methodologies that that live within rogue. So we're a remote team. We have a, a different culture because most people are just kind of long-term freelancers, contract work. So they can go wherever they want. So it's it's not like a strict employee model. There's no reins that are keeping you there. It's just that people like working with within the rogue ecosystem um, and doing projects and, and trying to make the best work of their career. That's really the goal and to build a world of better brands. Um, so to capture that feeling, it was an evolution 
for me because I had to think about not just my needs, likes, and desires, but really the team that I had been working with and try to accommodate that as well as try to represent our remote internal culture and then make that visual. So I had started the process um, maybe last, not, it was around Memorial Day last year. So it, it was over a year's process to get the design to where we launched it. And the issue is that I kept changing it. I would work on it, destroy it, redo something else. That's uh, why I love a website myself. Exactly. <laughs> But the lesson that I learned is that done is better than perfect. And I had this thought and it never, it never made sense to me that you could do this, but you can put something live and then change it. For sure. It's like, it, it, it doesn't have to be a one and done. You can adapt, you can pivot, you can change. As long as you have a developer or you have, if it's a no code platform, you can work on it as much as you want. You can change it every month, every week. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's it's up to you. I mean, obviously you want consistency for returning users or potential clients. So it was important to me that the copywriting came from a very true and authentic place. And then all of the styles and the motion and the energy of the website was representative of Rogue as, as a studio and a culture. So it needed to be high energy, high impact. It needed to be this weird balance of like quirky and fun, but also edgy. And that's coming from like my New York background where I used to live. Like I loved that kind of edgy, gritty look. And I took a lot of that to heart. But then my team is very like clean and polished and professional and likes it really sleek. So I wanted to balance it out with the element of that and fun and that edginess. So it transitions between black and this tan color. There's images of people, which on the last website there wasn't because <laughs> it, it, it just was very much edgy and raw and trying to be like, we're from Brooklyn, but even though that wasn't entirely true. So mm -hmm. the real learning experience was, um, staying true to everyone, not just leaning on me, but leaning into their personalities and, and expertise as well, and, and trying to make it as collaborative as possible, even though I was kind of taking the burden of design on so that my team could focus on the actual client work. Um, and they, at a certain point, were like, no, nah, we think you should do it, Britain. So <laughs> I just kind of said, all right, screw it, I'm going to do it and go all in and we're going to launch this thing. And and eventually it happened. It yeah, was I weeks. love what you're saying. Just just go for it and make it happen because or else it just never will. And like, like we're saying to our clients, we need to apply it to ourselves too. A website is not set in stone. You can evolve it if... Uh, you know, if the same thing for for client project, uh, if they wait for everything to be perfect, it's never going to go, to to come out. Mm -hmm. Let's just put it there. If we see in six months that with the Google Analytics and stuff like that, that uh, maybe it's not uh, working the way that we want, we can always adjust it. Mm -hmm. It's a live. A website is never uh, never finished. You you can always make it better. And I love that you. You started your creative process with just 
a feeling that you wanted to have. Mm -hmm. So what, what was that feeling? You, you said that you, you, you focused on the feeling that you wanted to, to, uh, to tell on the website. Yeah. I'm curious it to was, know what the keywords were. It was energetic. It was, I, I, I write phrases a lot of the time, which is how I think about things. So um, for instance, for Loki Legends, this podcast, um, one of the phrases that I had written for it is it's the feeling of this podcast is a, is a buff tattooed man who isn't afraid to cry and get vulnerable. So that's the type of conversations that are going to be possible on this show. And I nice. do the same thing for Rogue. So it's like, it's edgy, but fun. It's, um, it's a guy on a motorcycle, but his jacket has like a smiley face on the back. So things like that is like how I think of it. And like, and I even do stupid things like, you know, it's not stupid, but I do like make playlists. So like, what is the essence of Rogue? And I'll tie it back to music, which is a huge passion of mine. So I'm like Rogue Studio is lo-fi or Rogue Studio is jazz influenced hip hop. Like, so it's like a mixture of a, a variety of styles and trying to get that feeling. So that's how I try to think of it. So it'll be like energetic, fun, mysterious was definitely one for Rogue influenced by fantasy but i didn't want that to be a visual key i wanted that to be like oh it's a part of the name it's like maybe there's this mysterious nature like i've had clients be like your name is rogue studio like how can we trust the company that's a rogue and i'm like no 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 you're thinking about it in a different way like a rogue is someone who acts in an unpredictable way you want to be a rogue so that your company can emerge from the shadows and take your competition out in, mm -hmm. in just like an instant because you're emerging and, and you're all of a sudden transformed through the branding process and the work that we, go, that we go through. If you're acting in a predictable way, then you can't achieve the goals that you just told me about because your competition's already doing it and they're doing it better than you. So how can we act unpredictably in order to achieve the measure of success. So that's what we focus on. That was ultimately the main mission, but how do we backtrack to the feeling and get that visually? Right, I love that. Really well said. And you did a good, a great job on the website too. Uh, it looks awesome. And it shows that you, you, you wanted to push these little details, uh, these little animation details, everything is, uh, is really well done. Oh, thank you. I, I really appreciate it. I really, really do. I'll show you my dog. Oh, that. yes. Let's see the canine buddy. <laughs> and, and who do we have here? So we have Bruce. Bruce? Amazing. A white lab or? Yeah, he's a, well, he's a mix between a Labrador and a Golden Retriever. Oh, yeah. my, my wife says that my personality is a Golden Retriever. <laughs> me too yeah i'm a golden retriever uh, at heart i have some fast and furious questions they don't have to be answered quickly but they're just for fun so uh, what is your go-to drink of choice it doesn't have to be alcohol um my go-to drink of choice um i think like <laughs> 
Okay, it's a little bit kitsch, but I think like the 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 yerba mate mm. is great for me because sometimes I'm just looking for something fresh and that will give me a small boost of energy when I'm working. So and it's bio, it's it's good for you. So I like that. Or a just a a good old uh, ice latte. Mm. Also. Uh, so on that same note, where's the best coffee in Montreal? Because I've heard good things about the coffee culture. Um, well, I'm maybe not the best person to to to, to talk on that because my ass my ice latte that I drink is Dika. Mm. I don't. I try not to drink uh, caffeine anymore. Um, good for you. <laughs> I used to drink too much of it, and when I didn't drink my uh, my coffee in the morning, I would have an headache. Mm. So I decided to just stop, uh, pretty much stop caffeine. Caffeine, I I'm maybe take one caffeinated coffee every two weeks, but other than other than that, I take uh, just a decaf every uh, every morning, ice decaf. So I'm not very difficult in terms of coffee. Mm. So really not the best. <laughs> the best. I could say uh, it's a Brouillon. It's our uh, mm. uh, our coffee place that we have at Tox. It's uh, just under the the office. It's open uh, on the street to to the public. So uh, so I guess I'll say that because it's <laughs> product placement again. Yeah. On that same note, does do the owners of Tox own that? restaurant slash cafe yeah yeah oh man that is my dream i yeah. want that was like always been my dream is to have a coffee shop slash wine bar exactly um, slash agency and whether that's like an up or downstairs level or like a front and back but that's my dream go get free coffee up at the front like take it back oh yeah sometimes we just uh, well, we had the office at the second floor, but the coffee is uh, at the, the main at street level. Mm. Uh, and yeah, sometimes we just either for client meetings, we'll do it at the coffee because it's just more natural, more fun or interviews or just brainstorming sessions. We want to get out of the office and change uh, atmosphere. So, uh, yeah, it's really fun to have that that place to go to. Nice. <laughs> What would you say is like the best part about Montreal in general? And I'm asking because I haven't been yet and I'm going to go and, and we'll have to go around and you'll have to take me out like it's our, like our first date. But uh, what's the... Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> I got you. But uh, you, you mean best part geographically or best uh, part? Of... No, I guess like oh. what, what's your favorite part of the city? Um, the favorite part of the city... Um, for me, I'd say it's, yeah, it's more or less where I live. It's my land. Uh, I live in the Rosemont. Uh, I think there's a nice energy, uh, here, very creative energy too. A lot of beautiful, uh, little shop commerce, uh, independent little shops and coffee mm -hmm. shops and stuff like that. Um, a lot of it hipster too. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, I think it, the, that's where the, you get this the the, the best creative uh, energy um like there is old montreal that's where most tourists go and it's a beautiful place but i feel like it's not where you get the real you know the real energy the real montreal and and for me that's that's what montreal is kind of all about it's that relaxed 
relaxed feel. And that's why I think people kind of like it or don't. But most people that, I, that I've talked to really like Montreal because they either they come from, you know, the, from Europe and they get here and they feel like people are just really friendly, really relaxed, really chill. It's the same thing, you know, at, in the workplace, it's much more relaxed. Um, and I think that's, that's what people like about it. It's kind of a nice mix between, uh, Europe and North America, gotcha. uh, this little, very cultural place. Uh, we do speak French, but there is a lot of English. Everyone knows English. Uh, there is a big English community and, you know, Asian community, uh, all, all the communities are here living together. So I think, uh, uh, in Quebec, it's pretty much the, the only place where it's super multi multicultural mm. and I love it about the, I love that about Montreal. That's beautiful. I didn't know how diverse, um, Montreal was. I knew that there was like, um, from watching like Maddie Matheson, the the chef on on Vice, well, or, or used to be on Vice, he did an episode about like Hasidic Jew barbecue in Montreal, and so I thought that was super interesting. But I didn't know the the kind of range of diversity that was in Montreal. Yeah, there's really a big range. There is the the Jewish quarter uh, that's very close to the myland that I was mentioning. Mm. Uh, yeah, great energy there too. So yeah, there's, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's why people like to come here. It's very, uh, alive and especially in the summer yeah. <laughs> In the winter, a little bit less because people tend to stay more in the house, but, uh, the moment that the snow is melted, uh, the terrace terraces open and, mm -hmm. and yeah, it's, it's good to go for a, for all summer. What bands or music did you listen to in high school? And what are you listening to now? I want to see how different they are or how similar they are. Um, okay, well, in high school for me was uh, punk rock alternative music. So I would listen to The Offspring, uh, mm -hmm. listen to Blink-182. Um, uh, Moist, a group, a group from uh, from Montreal with David Usher. Um, so, yeah, th that was really the kind of music that I would listen to mostly. And they're they're still pretty much my go-to <laughs> when I want to have you know the, when I want to feel good. I'll go back to these kind of music. Uh, but I like to listen to a bunch of different things now. Uh, when I work, I really like to listen just to movie soundtracks uh movie playlist i did create on a, a, a spotify playlist called uh what is it it's uh epic working oh amazing you gotta <laughs> show that with me epic. so i can put it in the show notes uh yeah maybe uh maybe i can share it yeah are <laughs> you kidding i'm gonna i'm gonna be listening to it but it's these Epic song, uh, songs from different movies uh, that just get me pumped up, pumped up when I start working. I think it's good because there's there's no lyrics, uh, so I just get in the zone when I listen to that. Hmm. Um, and yeah, like I was mentioning earlier, I do have these. Uh, like Moana was one of my most listened song last, the most listened song last year. So 
I do listen also to these soundtracks and uh, I have this little geeky side of me who love just the movie soundtracks and stuff like that. Then what's your, what's your favorite animated movie? Uh, that's a hard one. There are so many. Uh, <laughs> okay. Let's go to top, the top three. Okay. So there's Moana. Like I've seen it a bunch of times. Uh, the Spider-Man into the the Spider-Verse. Mm -hmm. well, the, well, the first one and even the second one, they, both of them look so beautiful. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've seen them. Not yet, but I need to. You need to. They're really awesome movies. Uh, I love these ones. I love WALL-E also. Great, uh, great feel-good movie. I guess these are uh, these are my favorite animated movies. Right on. <laughs> I I love Wally. -E. It's a it's a I feel like it's a sleeper hit. I don't yeah. know if too many people would say that they love it, but I think it's super cute and a great story. Have you seen Elemental yet? I have. I've actually seen it. Uh, I saw it last week. I think. Oh, nice. So yeah, great movie. Uh, <laughs> also, uh, yeah, I love Pixar movies for sure. And yeah, the just the I am I for these kind of movie I I just end up crying uh, a few times I, I I cried like two or three times in the movie uh, Elemental, and then we finished the movie and my girlfriend was yeah, it was good uh, and she sees my eyes <laughs> <laughs> yeah you didn't and she would no not at all but yeah I, uh, I that's that's why I like movies I like to just lose myself into them <laughs> and get too emotional. I think that for some reason, animated animated movies are the thing that gets me to cry. Like me I don't, too. I don't cry at funerals, and I don't generally like unleash too much of my emotions. Typically, maybe that's like a a stereotypical American male thing. But if I go into an animated movie and it's like a beautiful message, I'm crying in the yeah. seat. There'll be like seven year olds like around my wife and I, and we're just bawling our eyes out. They're pointing at us. And you know what? I think that comes from yes, yes, the beautiful image, but also the song, the music. Yeah. Uh, that's that is usually a big part of these movies. And they, you know, they make you feel something so strong that it kind of needs to come out somehow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is like the power of combining. I guess multiple senses at once. There's the visual element with the audio element kind of combining together to make it even more impactful and beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Agree. <laughs> so one let one final question for you. We can try to make it a a good one. And we'll see if it's the last one. What advice would you give to your younger self how young doesn't matter but what is something that you wish you had been told earlier on like in my career in your career in your personal life doesn't matter in this context i'd say just go for it <laughs> like the nike uh, slogan uh, just do it uh, i've always been someone who takes a lot of time to take a decision and and to move in my life mm. Um, and I think like, I would just tell younger me to just, uh, just do things, believe in yourself and, and go for what you want. Mm. 
um like if it's your if it's a job uh even like at the beginning of my career i worked for i think six or seven years six years at the same small company um because it, i mean it was like my uh, it was comfortable it was easy um but it didn't push me in any way mm. it didn't i didn't grasp my full potential at all being there and in my head i didn't know if i could do better i didn't know if i could be like these designers that i would that i followed or um that i loved the, the work these agencies that i i saw what they do and that won you know awards and uh i dreamed about it but i never really believed in myself enough but then when you actually do it you you realize that anyone can actually do it anyone can be a great designer if you just believe in yourself and do it and push and go out there and 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 push who you are share everything that you do on social medias now that's mm -hmm. such a great way to uh to present your work um and get you know well known in the industry and i remember just looking at the agencies that would won, uh, you know, win FWAs uh, uh, and stuff like that and wish to one day be able to be part <laughs> and maybe one, one of these awards at some point. Um, and yeah, now I'm part of it and I realized that it's really way easier than I had made it believed in my head at that time. So it's not it's not as hard as as it looks. You just need to. I mean, I mean, it's it sounds kitsch to just say believe in yourself and do it, yeah. but uh, but it's really for for me for younger me. I think it's a big message because I didn't used to believe in myself enough. Uh, I still don't, uh, <laughs> but uh, I st I'm still always second guessing me, and I have a huge uh, and imposter um, syndrome syndrome exactly uh a, a really big one uh but i mean you have to to accept and to believe and and yeah good things will happen what was that pivotal moment when you made that switch and that you could realize that you wanted to achieve more do more and push yourself past that level of of just comfort at that old agency job. Right. I was tired of, you know, just being doing the same thing. So I did start to work on my uh, freelancing. Uh, but even then, I was kind of playing it safe all the time. The The moment, the pivotal moment for me, I'll always remember it. It was at uh, an agency in Montreal called AccuFan. I don't know if you mm. know the agency, but it's a digital agency here. And um, after three months of working there, um, the, the two creative directors uh, of the agency just sat me down and told me that, uh, that they saw potential, that I, you know, they, they knew that I was good, but that I was just really playing it safe. Um, mm. And for me, it was kind of a, a slap in the face. Somewhere in, in, not because of the way they said it, they said it in, in a respectful way, but it was a, a big wake up call. Um, mm -hmm. And 
at that moment, I just decided, okay, the next project that I work on, I'm going to give it everything that I have and I'm going to do something completely different. I'm just going to get completely out of my comfort zone and create something unique and just try it. Maybe it, it will fail, but maybe it will work. Mm. And that's what I did. <clears throat> I, um, yeah, the next project that I, the next projects, project that I did is the first one that uh, won me any sort of award and recognition. Mm -hmm. It was my first site of the day on awards uh, back in, I think, 2012. <laughs> so a while back, um, it was the first, the first site of the day of the, the agency that I was working with, too. Uh, it won a, a bunch of different things. It was for a band, uh, a group of music called uh, Artists of the Year. And... It's at that particular moment that um, that I just realized that, okay, I can do it. I can be one of the best. I can actually, you know, the dream that I had of one day being part of that community and winning an awards, uh, it, had, it, it had actually happened. And all that I needed to do was really just believe in myself and push push myself uh, out of my comfort zone and I did and it paid off and every project that I've done um, since then I've always started with the same reflection how can I push the, this project further um, and yeah that's that was a big uh, a big point in my career mm -hmm. and so what are you doing on a project to project basis and or day-to-day -day basis to mitigate the amount of imposter syndrome that you face? It's hard. Honestly, uh, I think I'll always have that imposter syndrome uh, feeling. Um, even for every project, every project that I work on at the very beginning, you know, the first one or two days where you don't have any idea where to go. Now I know my, I know my creative process and I know that it will come. But mm -hmm. I, I'm always scared at the beginning of every project. I'm always a little bit stressed out. I have no idea where, what I'll end up doing. And I have learned that, you know, for me, it's normal. So I've learned not to uh, get too stressed out by it. <laughs> and just to, to believe in my, um, my creative process and that it will pay off at the end. Um, but yeah, I always ask myself, is that the moment where uh i've done my time and i'm just not relevant anymore um and i think i'll it's probably always going to be there i hope uh i stay relevant as long as possible with the work that i do uh, and that i'm able to uh to always uh find new ways to reinvent myself and reinvent the work that i i work on uh but that is a big uh a big thing in my mind uh, that I, I think about that I'm scared of. Uh, but um, but I think many people had it. And again, you just need to, at some point, leave that little, uh, that little part of yourself, that little voice. You need to uh, sometimes just leave it there and believe in yourself and go for it. Well, I think that's a beautiful way to end it. And don't forget to check out Awards, the masterclass that Louis has, as well as the motion design course. That one is evergreen and always there. Um, 
you can hope to get into the next round of the master class whenever it runs again. Yeah, uh, it's if, actually open right now. So oh, every uh, it's four times a year, a new session every uh, four times a year, every quarter. So right now uh, it's open. This has been so much fun. And, and I think there's a ton of inherent value in this conversation. Thank you for having me. Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm glad that we could have this chat. I wanted to chat with you. Uh, I feel like for years and I just like didn't reach out. Maybe it's a little bit of imposter syndrome or COVID or just being busy, but that's not an excuse to not reach out and, and just connect with people that you think are inspirational and or just to bolster your community. True, yeah. That's a good message too. Reach well, out. It's always nice to, to chat with people. Absolutely. So to everyone out there, remember that we are all legendary. We all have value to share. We can bust through our imposter syndrome as long as we continue to keep going. So let's work together to make the world a more creative place. Cheers. Thank you so much, Louis, for being here. Ciao. Thank you. Ciao.